Good morning to anyone who's joining this uh, pre-Shabbat meditation live uh, here in person and on Zoom, whether on the Temple Beth Am uh, Facebook page or um, also on the my personal Facebook page. And hello to anyone who might be listening to this later as part of the Temple Beth Am podcast series. It's been a while that we had the standard, supposed to be every week Friday morning meditation because of Yantif and the day before Pesach, etc. But now back to the normal routine and this will be taking place 8.15 Pacific time, Friday mornings, pretty much every single week, and also available asynchronously on our uh, Facebook page, uh, on our podcast. Uh, most of the time when I lead meditations, either just for myself and I meditate, or when I'm leading them for a community during the Omer, I like to attune the meditations to the day of the Omer as per the, the Kabbalistic grid that um, is overlaid upon the Omer. Uh, if the period of the Omer is not familiar to you, a very brief primer is that in the Bible, it's an agricultural period as we prepare for the early ripening uh, barley uh, harvest. In the rabbinic period, it takes on a, a, a dour note as there was a, a plague that afflicted the students of Rabbi Akiva um, and many of them died off. And that's why many people, including me, do different um rituals of not shaving to express mourning. And then in the Kabbalistic era, there was a third layer uh, put on, and that was seeing the seven days of seven, seven weeks of seven days as an invitation to associate that seven by seven grid with other, another iconic seven in the Kabbalistic mind. And that is the seven spherot, the seven emanations of God um, representing um, qualities of the divine presence that we're supposed to be bathed in and also emulating. You know, we could do that for a semester, but that that's a basic one-line understanding of it. So seven by seven grid, each week of the Omer represents a different one of these spherot, different emanation. And then each day of each week is a subset of it, right? So uh, we are in the second week of the Omer and the second sphira is gvura. Gvura is a word which means strength or might, a gibor is a hero, but not necessarily in the Kabbalistic sense, like warrior, but someone who um, flexes their authority uh, and gets things done by, by a certain amount of personal force. But we are also in the sixth day of the, um, of the second week. So we're not just in, um, one second, I'm just going to turn off so that we're not interrupted by a phone call. One second, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, yes, with, with the sixth day of the second week, the sixth layer is yesod. Yesod means foundation in Hebrew. Oftentimes in the Kabbalah, the Hebrew word associated with each uh, emanation has a different connotation in Kabbalah than it does in simple Hebrew vocabulary. So yesod means foundation, but yesod Kabbalistically means bonding, uh, deep connection between people. And so if we put it together, and we'll start the meditation soon, I promise, we have that today, what day are we supposed to be in? The second, sixth day of the second week, or yesod shebagvura, the type of might, the type of authority, that is expressed in a way that actually doesn't drive you farther away from your subject or the person upon whom you are exerting that authority, but draws you closer, right? And anyone who's ever been a teacher or a parent 
or a supervisor or a manager or anyone where a certain amount of gvura, of strength, is required knows that there are ways of doing it where you feel in the execution of it, you are actually losing the relationship. And there are ways of doing it that I think are harder, that are actually bringing the relationship closer, even as you're expressing your gvura. Just a little parenthesis, when I talk to couples before a chupa, I uh, tell them that um, uh, that the question about whether or not you're going to fight in your marriage um, is not a question. The question is how you're going to fight. Right? If you anticipate, uh, if you think that love is about transcending argument, then you're in for a sore disappointment. But there are ways of fighting that push people away from each other. And there are ways of arguing that even in the argumentation, you're actually strengthening your love. Uh, not easy to do, but not impossible to do. And one of the things we're supposed to be thinking about during Yesod Shibakura. Hold on one second. Can everyone just be a little bit a little bit quieter next 10 minutes? Are you joining or not? I'd love to. But please do not be shouting between offices in the next 10 minutes, please. I'm so sorry, folks. So that's the frame for today. The way of expressing our strength and our authority uh, in a, in a, through a, a portal that actually builds bonding and builds the foundation of love. So with that in mind, more wordy than I expected it to be, I invite you to all close your eyes. And to settle into this moment Settle into this body and settle into this position with intentionality. You don't even need to shift your body if you're already in the right position, but claim this position as if you intended it very specifically. And you can be aware of the stimuli that are impacting your senses. Even with eyes closed, there are light and dark patterns that come into our mind from what's going on around us. Unless you're in an airtight room, there are sounds that you've not invited into this moment, but are there anyway. There might be an odor. There might be a a touch that's not elemental to this meditation. If there's a breeze or something happens to push against your body, you don't have to reject them, but you can shunt them to the periphery so that within all of those unbidden stimuli, There's a womb, an impenetrable womb of you, your body, your mind, my voice perhaps, and a deep spiritual presence 
without intentionally shifting a muscle. Pour yourself in to the position your body already is holding. So that you're filling out the shape. So that this position feels full and complete rather than accidental. Bring attention to your breathing and act you've been doing every few seconds, every moment of your life but an act that you do in an aware way, much less frequently. I invite you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. You can deepen your breaths a little bit, but no need to overdo it, it's not a competition. It's more about the awareness of the breath than the length of the breath. If at any point you find your mind wandering, which will happen, you can Hansel and Gretel your way back either to my voice or skip over that and go right to your breathing. A thought comes, you don't realize for six seconds that you're down a thought pathway. And you wonder, am I still meditating or not? What's the difference between meditating and thinking with one's eyes closed? If that happens, find your breath. The feeling of it coming in through your nose, the cool sensation. The following, as it were, the air into your lungs and the imagining of the oxygen reaching every place in your body that it is needed. And then the exhale, ridding your body every few seconds of that which it does not need. We are all giburim. We all have gura personal strength, might, authority, and force. One need not wear a general's uniform to be a person of Vura. Rabbinically, every time we resist an urge, an urge that is unethical or unkind, or indefensible, we are a gibor. We are exhibiting strength in gura. And we're supposed to be awash and marinating in our gura all week this week, the second week of the Omer. And let your mind wander to images or moments or relationships that represent to you your Gvura. Who's on the other side of your Gvura? 
what does that moment feel like to you and to the other when you bring it out, when you use your gubura? Do you feel triumphant? <laughs> Do you feel guilty? Do you feel connected to the divine strength? Or do you feel tiny in relationship to it? Where is your gvura in place? Are you overusing it? even if you are loath to admit it, or are you underusing it? Leaving places for influences that you could have untapped. You have gvura with respect to your own being and you have vura in relationship to others and today we sit we meditate we exemplify we think about yesod shabagvura that node of strength that is itself bonding it is a ligament between you and another rather than a distancer. It is the execution of Vura during which the other, the recipient, feels more seen, more held, more protected, more loved, more bonded. At the end of this Gvura moment, your relationship is stronger with your own self or with the other rather than weakened. How do you get there? How do you locate the place from which Yesod Shabagvura flows the way you hope it flows from the Holy One where God's might in the world is represented in a way that bonds us to the heavens rather than jettisons us away from it who is the one person or what is the one situation that most requires your yesod shabagura, your bonding, foundation-making strength. Where is it lacking? And is it a moment or person who's lacking it because you're exhibiting sufficient gura but not enough yesod? 
or that you're exhibiting plenty of yesod, plenty of bonding, but not enough fura, not enough of your personal fortitude. Yesod shabagvura. Yesod shabagvura. A power mediated through care. A relationship forged with the proper use of authority and force. Yesod shabagvura. Yesod shabagvura. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. 
And I'm going to share my screen so that we can say the closing meditation blessing together. Let me say this three times. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. May we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. May we and all beings have happiness and the causes of happiness. May we all be free of suffering and the causes of suffering. May we all experience true happiness that has no taint of suffering. And may we live in great equanimity, free from burdening attachment to loved ones and contempt for others, but rather with compassion for all. And I say to you all, shalom, and shabbat shalom, and namaste, and I'll see you all soon.